Hello and welcome to Groove Therapy, a podcast that explores the effects of live music on our brains, bodies, and our lives and provides a space for you, our listener, to learn more about how you can bring the magic of live music into your everyday life. My name is Dr. Leah Taylor and I am joined here by my fantastic co-host Tara Lee Weathers. Hey, that's me. I'm coming to you this time from the Finger Lakes in New York. Woohoo! How are the Finger Lakes? They're amazing. I just spent the weekend with my friends from high school and we did a little wine tour and right now I'm staring at the lake as we're recording this and it's a beautiful day. So I'm so grateful for the technology to be here. And I'm also so grateful that we got to talk to Berkeley today because she is so amazing. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about her in a little bit. But first, let's get grounded and arrive so this episode can have the biggest impact on you. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. So if it's available to you, place your hands on your heart and close your eyes. Of course, if you're driving, please keep your eyes open and your hands on the steering wheel. And take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale out your mouth. A deep breath in. Exhale out. A deep breath in. And exhale out. And may you be open and present to all the information that comes through so you can rock your financial abundance so you can see as many fish shows and live music shows from now until eternity. And so it is. And so it is. So this was such a wonderful conversation with Berkeley. She is like such a magical human. And um, do you want me to tell you a little bit about her? Yes, please. Okay. So she is a former overdraft queen turned personal financial expert. Hashtag nerd alert. Financial Coach Academy graduate, accredited financial counselor candidate. She has two dash owns. She's seen over 200 fish shows. She's been on the Wheel of Fortune once, which is so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I need to know more about that, actually. I know. (laughs) You need to have her on again so we can learn about that one. Um, And she is obsessed with helping people lead happier, less stressed lives so you can feel confident with money. And she talked all about that in this episode. Yes, she did. And while she was seeing those over 200 fish shows, she also got herself out of $23,000 in debt. That's so amazing. I was like, you know, you can't buy happiness, but you can buy concert tickets, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which bring happiness. So I guess you kind of can. Totally. Yeah. And I really love Berkeley's approach because it's not like a save until you're out of debt and then you can have fun kind of approach. Yeah, It's like, let's live life while also being really responsible with our finances, too. Yeah, I loved it, too. And I felt like it was really practical and like anyone can do it. And it kind of takes the like, I don't know. I know that I like used to freak out about money and I feel like her system kind of takes that out so you could just Mm -hmm. be totally empowered and in control. Yes. And yeah. And like you said, she knows the importance of music and will Mm -hmm. never tell anyone not to see music and like, let's just figure it out. And I like love that about her. Absolutely. I mean, Berkeley was the perfect person to have on this show because you talk to a lot of other financial experts or planners and the first thing they're going to tell you to cut is your concerts. But (laughs) like we would never do that. You know, our priorities are just different. And so for you listening right now, Berkeley is going to be the person that hopefully is going to really align with you and your values. And and it's summer tour time. So this is like the perfect time to really be learning about this and listening to this and just thinking about how you can apply these concepts to your life. Yeah. Absolutely, because she understands that live music isn't just like a recreational activity. It's so much more mm-hmm. than that. It's important for your mental health, for for everything. It's like mm-hmm. part of the holistic health aspect of life, and she understands that. And that is like definitely what sets her apart. So I'm super excited for everyone to hear everything that she has to say. Yeah. Well, let's get to the interview. All right, let's do it. Okay, well, we are a part of Osiris Media, and we will be right back. And we're back, and we have 
Berkeley with us. I'm so excited about this conversation. And, you know, Berkeley, the last time I saw you was at Fish Mexico, and that is a very expensive trip to be to go on. So I'm super excited to hear all of your tips and tricks on how to be able to afford to go to Fish Mexico every year for the rest of our lives. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I do, if I do not, if I just never leave my house ever again, I'll be at Fish Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't made it to Fish Mexico, so <laughs> I'll have to aspire to save money for that. Oh my gosh. Well, I went the first year and then I was screwed because then I knew what I was missing and I was like, okay, we have mm. to make this happen. It's built into the spending plan every single year. And every time one ends, I'm already saving for the next one. So I'm like ready for that announcement that should be coming soon because <laughs> that money is bur- mm-hmm. burning a hole in the budget. I'm like, oh, I got all these projects to do around the house. I'm like, no, that's the, that's the Mexico money. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you tell us what what is your process of saving? Yeah. So, you know, and I'll I'll even back up. So, you know, I'm a financial coach and the way that it even came to be was because I found myself in like $20,000 of debt in my twenties. And I said, how did this happen? I'm pretty successful in my normal life. I was working like a corporate job. I made good money. I was like, how, how did this happen? Um, and what happened was no one ever taught me about money. No one ever, no one talks about money. No one teaches you. And so, you know, you get out of college, you get a credit card and you go steal a lot of fish. Or maybe even in college, you get a credit card. Yeah, I got myself in trouble then. Oh my gosh. My clients are like, yeah, they gave me a free pizza for the Discover card. I'm like, yes, that's what got me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Totally. Totally. And you know what, what happened was I had to like figure out how to get myself out of this debt. I was about to turn 30. I was reaching this, you know, pivot point where I was like, okay, I think I might want to you know, buy a house and start saving for retirement and do all these adult things, but yet I'm in all of this debt. And so I had to teach myself how to save, but everything I found out there in the world to help me was so judgmental, so icky, so like, you shouldn't be doing anything fun until you're debt free. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is not sustainable. It's kind of like, I hate the word budget because I also hate the word diet where it just feels gross. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to eat celery and have six pack abs and like hate my life. No. <laughs> so, you know, through, through that, I started to kind of figure out, okay, there's got to be a way where I can pay off debt and still go see fish and go see music and do the things I love and find some balance there. And so the biggest thing that served me and that I help my clients with is figuring out how to stop thinking about your money on a monthly basis. So most, most, you know, financial tips out there are saying, okay, my income minus my monthly bills, that's what I have left over. Yay. And that's not Mm. really true. Right. Cause when we think about our life in terms of a year, instead of a month, a year, has fish Mexico. It might have Mm -hmm. a lot of other fish trips. If it's, you know, every other year you might be wanting to go to Halloween. Like there's a lot of things that we can plan for. Your car might break down. You have to maybe go to a friend's wedding. Your dog might need to go to the vet. There's a lot of things that we can plan for in the course of a year that if we kind of back into dividing that up by 12 months, that's what needs to be coming out of our monthly income. So rather than it's, you know, my income minus my bills is what I have left over. It's my income minus my bills, minus all these little bits and pieces of things that I'm saving up for throughout the whole year. And then that's what I really have left over. So all the money that I use to spend in my daily spending, like going out to eat and I don't know, lifts and Ubers and groceries and all of that, that's already, everything has already come off the top for like saving for fish Mexico, for saving for new years, for saving for all these other things that I want to do throughout the year. So yeah, so that's kind of my biggest, my biggest piece of 
advice that will really change the way you think about money is thinking about your money in terms of a year instead of in terms of Mm -hmm. a month. So that's the biggest thing. (laughs) And do you have like different savings accounts for like all of these things or just like travel, home? Like, how do you... How do you do that? Or oh, do you just put it all oh, in one place? Do I have savings accounts? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the big thing that, that that's the big system that I teach my clients is how to actually take this theory and execute it IRL because mm. so many budgeting apps are very confusing. They have a big learning curve or they're very like, Pat, like um, backwards looking. So um, a lot of people come to me and they say, yeah, I've tried mint and it didn't really work for me. And mint is very backwards looking. It's like, here's what might happen to my money. Um, let me categorize it and, and whatever. Whereas actually putting money in actual savings accounts is very forward looking. It's very, here's the money that comes in and here's exactly what I want to do with it. So what I do, I love, I'm obsessed with Ally Bank. It's the purple bank. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what they allow you to do is so different than other banks, like your Chase, the Bank of Americas and everything. Um, usually with those big banks, there's a lot of fees associated with having checking and savings accounts. Maybe you have to have minimum amounts in there at any given time. You have to have mm-hmm. like transfers coming in and out. There's like all these crazy rules. Ally allows you to open accounts for free, which is very cool. And they allow you to have up to three checking accounts and 10 savings accounts. So for my savings accounts, I have them organized in these big buckets. So here, I'll kind of talk about the the buckets that I use to organize my money. So the Mm -hmm. first one is daily spending. Daily spending is everything from groceries, going out to eat, gas, running to, I don't know, pick up something at Bed Bath & Beyond, like whatever. And that operates out of a checking account with a debit card. And I can spend that money guilt-free until it's gone. And a big thing I see with my Mm -hmm. clients is when they don't know the parameters, every dollar that you spend has guilt associated with it, which is just Mm -hmm. challenging and hard on your nervous system to be feeling that guilt every single time you swipe your card. So the first thing is daily spending. That's right off the top. Yay, we can spend that money however we want. Woohoo. Then there's less frequent spending and less frequent spending are all those things you forget about. So buying gifts for family members, taking your dog to the vet, um, car maintenance, beauty, like haircuts and nails and fancy shampoos and all those sorts of things. Um, Medical expenses. A lot of these things that maybe they feel random when they happen to you. But in reality, you kind of know they're going to happen to you throughout the year. And Mm -hmm. so you can plan for them. So with less frequent spending, I have a savings account that is called less frequent spending. And within that with Ally, you can create buckets for all those different things. So literally anytime money comes in, I put the designated amount in less frequent spending and actually put it in every single one of those buckets. So it's like every month. $100 towards medical, $50 towards vet bills, whatever. And those categories build up over time so that when that crazy thing happens to you, hey, there's money waiting for you, chilling. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I have a category called saving up for. And that's where those big ticket items that kind of like they happen and then they're done. So it's like saving up for Fish Mexico, saving up for a new couch, saving up for a trip to Japan, whatever. And those again, like have a saving up for savings account. And within their, within that account, there's buckets for each one of those categories. So Ally is super cool that they actually like allow you to create all these micro buckets so that mm-hmm. when you put the money in there, you can watch it grow. You can watch it attached to like a very specific thing that you're saving for. And it just makes mm-hmm. seeing your money so much easier because you know what every single dollar is meant for in your life. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a, a concept called zero-based budgeting, which basically says every single dollar that I get has a job to do for me. And every single dollar mm-hmm. in my life has a purpose and a meaning that I've attached to it. So that really helps me know, yes, I am saving for all the things I need to save for. 
and anything I spend, if it doesn't fit within one of those buckets that I've designated, then I need to just pull from a different bucket so that no matter what, I'm never spending outside of my overall means. Think of like a a pizza pie. (laughs) You can Mm -hmm. only, you know, cut the slices in in certain ways that you can't really go outside the pie. And that's what this method allows you to do. And it's been really valuable. And and honestly, I've kind of just come up with it over many, many, many years of trial and error and trying the wrong things and failing and, and five, you know, five or six years of getting myself out of debt and having to figure out a system that was really easy and works. And now I teach this to my clients and in a matter of, I have a 12 week program and within even just a month or two, being able to see all your money in one place and use a system that works and is like easy on your actual, like day-to-day management of it. I mean, it's, 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 it's life-changing. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. is not to like toot my own horn. It's really just like, it's life-changing whether, you know, no matter who, who walks you through it, because, um, you know, having control over your money allows you to have control over your life. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it can ease so much stress and, mm-hmm. and anxiety. Yeah. And there's always that, so yeah. much. Yeah. Just the there's knowing. always so much anxiety people have when they announce fish tour or they announce something. Everyone's like, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like I need to go to these shows and where am I going to get the money? So that kind of takes that out. Cause right. you know, you know, and then so many of my clients say, you know, Berkeley now, maybe what I see isn't exactly what I want to see but at least I can see it, you know, like, Mm. yes, I might still be $20,000 in debt, whatever, but at least I know I have a plan and it doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel like I'm just walking into the darkness. I actually, I, I feel like I can see, see a way out and I feel comfort in that, which is just, which is very cool. I have a question because fish tour is coming up really soon. And I would love to help our listeners kind of think about like how to be really smart about it, especially because right Mm -hmm. now, like things are so expensive, like gas is so much more expensive. Food is so much more expensive. Everything is more expensive. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. Maybe garlic grilled cheese will be crazy. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. There hasn't been an inflation on garlic grilled cheese for years. They're $2 now. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It is. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, when you, when, when you hear Fish Tour, when you're working with your clients, like, do you have them look at what they have, like, to determine how many shows they're going to go to? Like, what's the smart way to figure out? And is there, is there a, like, a smart way and then a kind of smart way. Because <laughs> this is, you know, the spontaneous show that you might just have to go to. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Ex- exactly. That, that's, a, that's like the big thing. And, and, you know, when I started this business, I started this business because I wish I had had someone to help me that understood my lifestyle. And mm-hmm. because, you know, I, when I was looking for help, I found very like stodgy financial advisor people that I'm sure would not understand that I like, I have to spend 5k on fish every year. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like I just have to. Um, and so when I'm working with my clients, you know, my big thing is prioritization. Like what is the, what is most important to you in your life? Because we all have limited resources, even at some level, I don't know, freaking Elon Musk is limited. Like we all are limited in some way and we have to decide what we want to do out of what we have. Right. And so mm-hmm. when my clients are coming to me, you know, I have, I have a perfect example. Um, there's a client and she's doing a bunch of fish and she's doing a bunch of Billy and she's like living her best life this summer. And I'm so happy for her. And as we started to look at her overall situation, there were like two things at play, you know, one was she's working towards getting out of debt. That's like her big goal this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, however, she wasn't willing to budge on any of the shows she's going to. And I would never ask her to, there's actually one that she decided like, Oh, okay. I don't think I'm going to, I think I can maybe pull back on that one, but, but I would like never 
ask her to do that. But what we did was we figured out, okay, here's what that means for your debt payoff journey. It means you're going to be this many months further. It means you're going to pay this much more in interest. And it means Mm -hmm. that, you know, this fall, here's kind of how you probably are going to want to think about balancing that out and going to less shows. And I think we know there's no fish fall tours. That's helpful for her, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know, it's just about like laying out here's, here's what that means. And then it's up to her to say, that sounds good or no, it's really important to me to make progress on my debt more quickly and not go to these shows. And that's totally up to her. I'm like, I'm like a cheerleader and whatever she decides, you know? Um, so it's all about just figuring out like, what can you do within what you have in, in a way that feels good. And in a way that like allows you to live the life that you want. Um, and when it comes to like, if someone wants to go to a show they weren't planning on, which would definitely had to come up with my clients, we just look through the spending plan and find the money elsewhere, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's like, maybe it comes from a home, a home decor bucket. Maybe it comes from a clothes bucket. Maybe it comes from pulling back on other types of travel. There's all always a way usually where we can just reprioritize money that was for something, you know, towards a show that they want to go to. That happened to me. I I was only going to do, I was, I was just having a more chill summer. I live in Colorado and I, I'm usually traveling in the summer. I was like, I want to be home this year. And I was only going to do um, Charleston and Dick's. And then my girlfriend was like, I got a free hotel room in AC. You want to come? And I was like, I mean, Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but as I started to put pen to paper, you know, I realized I'm still going to need money for lots of things, whether it's, you know, tickets mm-hmm. and food and we're driving from, from, um, from New York and just all these things. And so I've been having to go through my spending and pull back in other places and find a hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there that were earmarked for other things now. So I can go do AC. So it's just all about prioritization and trying to like stay within your pie. Um, But when I think too about just like how to even figure that out, a big thing is figuring out like, what's, what's the true cost of a show? Cause so many Mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. I was just wondering that, like, I mean, I'm sure it's different for different people because it depends on like what type of hotel you stay in and things like that. But Mm -hmm. like, what would you say on average is the true cost of a show? That's a great question. Cause it, I mean, it does so depend. Um, but I would say like, you know, the true cost of a, of a day of show is pro is definitely in the $400 range ish, like maybe three mm-hmm. to 500. Cause think about it, like maybe wherever you're staying. And I'll say a big way I save money is we like are, I usually am lucky enough to have a pretty big crew going to a lot of shows and we've started going the Airbnb route in the last few years mm-hmm. and save a significant amount, um, not doing hotels anymore, which has been helpful. But so let's say you've got like, you know, I'm just making, I'm just doing some round numbers, but let's say you have like a hundred dollars because maybe you're sharing a hotel room with someone or you're doing an Airbnb. You've got a hundred dollars for the, the hotel. Maybe you've got a hundred dollars in kind of like miscellaneous food spending throughout the day if you're traveling. So you've got maybe like, you know, breakfast, like a big lunch, maybe some drinks at that lunch. Like, let's just kind of give you a nice round hundred dollars for the day. Then you've got maybe, I don't know, maybe you're spending $50 at the show on drinks, maybe some more food, whatever. Maybe you, maybe you spend $50 on merch. I'm a merch nut. (laughs) (laughs) So now we're up to 300 and then let's say we've got transportation, whether you've got like a party bus or you're taking an Uber, maybe you're another like, you know, $20, $40. Maybe you spend some money in the lot. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden you're like, you're, Mm. you're easily at three, $400 for. And that's not even including the ticket. Yeah. We're not even talking about the ticket. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So you know, I think a big thing is understanding like what's the true cost of that show. And also like, where can you find savings within that? So I'm a big believer, especially with like food. If you're going to go out and have an amazing meal and enjoy it and it's with your friends and like you get the most out of it, like hell yeah, like spend as much money on that meal as you want to. 
But if you're just eating for sustenance so you don't die, (laughs) then there's a lot of savings you can find there, you know, whether it's like packing your own, packing your turkey sandwich. Like I always stuff my bra with cashews before every show so I can like eat snacks throughout the show and not have to spend $8 on a hot dog. Um, So there's, you know, there's just like a lot of ways, you know, obviously, um, uh, also, you know, drinking gets really expensive. There's just a lot of ways where, if you can just decide, okay, maybe I really want to go to these shows and all I can really afford is, is like the ticket and maybe somewhere to stay, mm-hmm. then pulling back on the eating and drinking is, is an easy way where you can like still do the shows without, you know, and you can spend like cash. So there, there's just all about prioritization. You know what I mean? Um, and, and then on the flip side of that, I'm also a big believer, like, I don't really budget when I go to the show. I'm like, if I want to drink, I'm like, if I want a beer, I'm buying a beer. If I want a hot dog, I'm buying a hot dog. I, mean, I don't know. Like, and, and, and part of that is knowing like, okay, I'm going into this run with a really clear idea of how much I have to spend. And I've budgeted to allow myself to go crazy <laughs> if I want to, you know what I mean? Um, so I guess the, the big point is like, it's all about just being really realistic with yourself. When I make a budget, I literally will sit down and I'll walk myself through my whole trip. I'll be like, okay, I land or I leave my house. What, what, what does it take to leave my house? Okay. It's this much for the dog sitter. Then I'm taking an Uber to the airport. Then maybe do I need to get anything to eat or drink at the airport? Hopefully I packed it myself, but if I haven't, there's that. Then, you know, I land wherever I'm going. Do I have to take an Uber to where, to the hotel? You know what I mean? You kind of like start Mm -hmm. walking yourself through a day in the life of my tour trip. You know, you can live vicariously through your future self and just do some, and do some math and get really, really realistic about what you're actually going to spend so that you don't get, you know, you don't look at that credit card bill afterwards and say, oh my gosh, what have I done? And now you're going to be paying interest on it for the next however many months it takes you to pay it off. Mm. Um, And one more tip is I'll take all my trip expenses and put it on one debit card so that Mm. I can just freely spend that on that debit card, the whole trip. There's no guilt. There's no, Oh my gosh, is this going to show up on my credit card and freak me out later? Cause it's already planned for. And once the money is gone, it's gone. And, and it also allows you to much more easily keep tabs on yourself. So like when you're swiping a credit card at the concession, you're not really, you're only seeing that number go up. So how do you really know if you're staying within the parameters you set? Whereas if you're using a debit card and you're looking at the, you know, your bank app again, like I love ally for this and I, you know, I get a $15 beer. Well, I can like see my balance getting lower. And by the last day I'm like, okay, I'm at the show. I have $60 $60 to spend. How am I going to get the most out of that? And once that's gone, it's gone and no guilt because I planned for it. And I feel really good about mm. this trip. So all about clarity with yourself. That's key. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like it's so like, it's so intentional and it's so conscious, like so many, I mean, I know I'm yeah. totally guilty of just like unconsciously spending. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, what did I do? I can't eat this week or whatever. Yeah. Cause you're not paying attention to right. it. So <laughs> this is so intentional and so conscious. And so then you're able to like mm-hmm. keep on it and, and pay attention. It feels like that's like just so empowering to be able to do too. Like we talk about being more intentional and conscious in the live music experience itself. And, you know, mm-hmm. live music is this energy and this magical thing and money is like an energy and a thing too. So it's like, if you can be conscious and intentional, like you are at a show with your money, it's going to be, it's going to change your life. Like you said. Yes, yes, exactly. And thinking about how are you setting future you up for success? I'm like constantly thinking about future birthdays. <laughs> Is she going to be hungry? Does she need cashews at the show? Like, okay, let me bring them for her. Like I'm constantly thinking about how to make her life, you know, easier. And this is exactly what this is doing. You're setting up, you're setting yourself up for success. And you're, again, to your point, being very intentional and creating parameters. So you can have the best time possible, but you aren't going to like screw over your future self. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're really thinking ahead because I'm assuming that like you've thought about fish tour the year before. Mm -hmm. So you've already saved this money <laughs> right, the, into a savings account or a bucket where it's like when it gets announced, you're like, okay, I, now I have all this money that I, you know, can spend on tickets and then I can continue saving for the rest of stuff. So it's like a process that just keeps going, but it, it really is like forward thinking, like being really preparing right. for the future. Yeah. I used to like, I used to just wait for the tour announcement, then be surprised by it and then mm -hmm. buy a bunch of tickets and plan a bunch of trips when I hadn't planned for that money. And it just all went on the credit card. And then, mm -hmm. you know, after many years that resulted in a pretty significant amount of credit card debt. But when you really think about it, okay, let's think about it. We, I know maybe I'm going to hit, I don't know, maybe like two, three day runs in the summer. And then maybe like another random show. We know that new year's happens. We know Halloween happens every other year. We know, you know what I mean? There's, there's like so much more that you can plan for in an abstract sense that you don't have to wait. I mean, I know Mexico happens every year and you know what, if it doesn't, then cool. I've saved some money and I'll, and I'll use it for something else. But there's so mm. much um, we can plan for that. We maybe don't quite realize um, so that it's not such a big surprise when that announcement hits and you, and you hit that big lotto entry. <laughs> like, oh, there's mm -hmm. two grand on my credit card. What happened? <laughs> yeah, it's huge. What would you say for the listeners who are listening and they're like, this sounds like an amazing idea and I'm I'm going to start working towards this, but like this year, you know, I haven't prepared for it. Do you have any advice for people who want to spend money now, but haven't <laughs> saved, saved for it? Yeah. I mean, you know, look, you do you. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say to stay home and don't go mm -hmm. to shows this summer. Like that's not my vibe. Um, but I do think that you can actively find a way to balance it out for yourself in, in the fall and winter. Like if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure they came out and said like, there's no fall tour and there's no shows after or no shows until late November or something. I forget. Um, yeah, I think my husband told me that too, but yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. I, I live on the West coast, so <laughs> I want to believe that that's not true. Anyway, right. So. I know. Exactly. But, but you know that. And so there's an opportunity for you to maybe be more mindful around the money that you're spending locally on shows, maybe even just locally, like on going out to eat on, you know, spending money on lifts and Ubers on just things that maybe if you pull them back a little bit, you're not really going to notice that big of an impact in your life. Um, I think there's just an understanding of like, okay, maybe, maybe I am going to spend a little bit beyond my means this summer. And maybe it's what, I don't know, maybe it's like $2,000, for example, then get really specific about how you're going to make that up in the fall and get that paid off. So whether that's again, understanding like what expenses that maybe you can pull back on, or how can you increase your income? Because sometimes you know, there's the saving side, but there's also the income side, whether you know, I have a girlfriend that she does a dog sitting on the Rover and makes an, an extra like $400 a month. And it makes a huge difference. So just getting really specific and knowing like, okay, I, it's $2,000. Like exactly how am I going to make that up? You're going to be good. And you're going to learn so much in that process about being more intentional and practicing uh, practicing, like creating more space between you and purchase decisions, because, you know, I have this 2k to make up. So taking a pause before maybe spending impulsively or spending on something that maybe actually is low value, you know, an exercise that I love that I have my clients do whenever, when we first start working together is keeping a really, really simple spending journal. And I have them like do it in their phone or even just, you know, in a, like a little journal notebook. And I ask them to write it down what they spent, how they felt when they spent it. So maybe like I was feeling really happy. I was feeling really anxious. I was feeling really sad. And then was that a, a high, like, what did you value about that purchase? Was it high value or low value? 
And it can be a great way to start to find patterns in your spending and notice, okay, maybe like, you know, you think that, oh, people spend when they're, when they're sad, kind of like they eat ice cream when they're sad, but no, people actually really often spend when they're really happy because they're like feeling good, feeling great. I'm going to go to Target and like crush the bathing suit section. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but like noticing these patterns or, you know, I noticed it a lot with um, spending on food. Maybe you can spend like you can spend $50 and have completely different experiences. So like maybe I spent $50 and I went and had, um, you know, dinner and drinks with friends. I got to see people. I got to build my relationships. I, it felt really good. That was like a high value purchase. But maybe I spent $50 on the exact same food, but maybe it was DoorDash. And I just, it came to my house and it was after a long day at work and I was tired and it was kind of cold and it was kind of late. And like, I really, like that was like low value. Like I didn't really feel like spending that 50 bucks. So like keeping a spending journal can just help you gauge these patterns and behaviors because that's like, I swear that's 85% of the game is like your habits and behaviors. That's why I called the company money grooves. I was like, people talk about money moves, like, oh, you got to do all these things. And it starts to get into this like weird financial bro territory that feels really gross. Like, oh, you got to do all this. You got to invest. You gotta... I mean, yeah, you should invest. That's for another, <laughs> another story. <laughs> but, but, but I call the company money grooves because I think getting awareness over your own habits and behaviors and mindset around money is going to take you so much further than like any sort of like tactical or financial literacy type things, which are still really important. They work together. But like I said, like the spending journal can really help you gain that awareness of your own behavior. So you can start making more intentional decisions. Yeah, that I love that. And, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, how do you afford to go to all these shows? How do you afford to travel the way that you do? And, um, I hear other people talking about, you know, like I get my hair done and it's a thousand dollars a year and I like get Botox or I get this and that, whatever it is. And it's like, it all adds up and it's all this money. And I'm like, I don't do any of those things. Like I don't even have makeup. I put glitter on my face and call it a day. (laughs) So when I think about my daily, daily spending and like those kinds of things, like I live really simply, I buy almost everything secondhand. My husband and I share a car that we also got like a used car and we don't have new appliances and new things all the time because I would rather use my money to be able to travel the world and go to Fish Mexico every year and to go to the fish shows. Um, So like even seeing that when I have created my budget, I'm like, okay, like I see how so many people spend so much money on a lot of this stuff and that's important to them and that's awesome, but that's not important to me. So that would make me in a journal if I was doing that. I'd be like, why am I doing that? I used to get my nails like a manicure and pedicure. And I was like, why am I doing this? And I was like, oh, it's because my mom was always like, you're supposed to do that. But it's not something I ever cared about or wanted to do. (laughs) So I stopped doing it. Like, why am I spending this money? I could definitely go to like five local shows for the amount of money I'm spending on this. It like doesn't make sense to me. Yes. Yes, exactly. I love playing like the would you rather game. Like when you think about Mm -hmm. 50 bucks. 50 bucks could be a Manny Petty or it could be a show ticket. And it's like, mm-hmm. and whichever, whichever one you choose is yeah. great. They're just, but, mm-hmm. but they're all this, it's still $50. How do, what do you want the $50 to do for you in your life? Yeah. Like I want to get a good bottle of Miss Cal and I want to go to a show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sarah Lee's priorities. Exactly. Well, also like the, I was thinking about too, like what's the entertainment value of your dollar So when you think about going to a show, you, you know, you buy the ticket, you are maybe like texting with your friends, you're getting excited. There's this whole lead up time where you're like looking Mm -hmm. forward to the show. It can be, can be, you know, six months where you're like excited about the show. You're looking forward to it. Then you go to the show and maybe you, I don't know, maybe you go out before, maybe you go out after, then there's like the afterglow of the show. And like that, that $80 maybe you spend on the ticket has an entertainment value of like, it's entertained you for like eight months, <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, which is just very different than maybe just that one kind of spa day that. Yeah. Had. And what like Leah and I, we talk about this all the time, the impact of a live music experience on your life for like months and months after it. 
So like you said, you know, it's not mm-hmm. even just that like four hours that you're at the show. The benefits of the those four hours can last months and months. And that's like, right. you're getting a really good deal with that $80 yep. ticket. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love how you talked about the anticipation before, because that is helping to change your physiology for the better. Like just that thinking about it and getting excited about it. So that's great. I'm just curious. I I love a good deal. Do you have any like tips for good deals? <laughs> I love a good deal too. So I want to know the answer to this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love a good deal too. Um I think the best I think the best the best like um skill for deals is the ability to wait. Like the mm. the honing the skill of delaying gratification. So, because that's a big, you know, that's a big thing is when you're buying something. So like, if I wait for the marshmallow, I can have two marshmallows. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, I think a big, a big thing is, you know, this, this comes up a lot with gifts. Um, when my clients, and I mean, I say my clients, but it was also always me too. Like, <laughs> like I'm just now teaching my former self, all these skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, think about gifts. Like think about if you have to buy a gift for someone and you don't really plan ahead and you don't really like seek out a good deal for what you're trying to accomplish. You don't really maybe think about the goal of like, what's going to maybe bring this person joy. Think about you've probably done this before. You end up buying them something really expensive (laughs) because it's maybe like exactly what you think they'll need. And you had to buy it that day. And, um, you weren't really able to have more time to like get creative about like how to serve that person. And you just maybe buy them like a, I don't know, a new pair of AirPods or something. I just said, like, so I can see my AirPods and <laughs> computer screen. But, um, if you had kind of taken a step back, thought about what's the goal of this purchase, what's going to actually like bring this person joy you have the ability to like get more creative and maybe have more options of what you want to buy then look for deals across those options, maybe even like make something for that. You know, you, you have like the ability to get creative and find a cheaper way to accomplish the same goal. And that's like the same with buying something for yourself too, is thinking about like, can I get more creative with again, like bringing myself the same results from this purchase um, searching for deals, you know, actually using like, you know, hunting for the coupon code <laughs> when you're checking mm-hmm. out, you know, using an app like honey that like does the coupon code search for you. Um, you know, another big thing is negotiation. Like there's so much you can negotiate that you don't necessarily realize, um, a big practice that like I like what? Yeah. Like, I mean, a big practice I have my clients do is like, Every every six months, negotiate your car insurance. Like every, basically every insurance, phone bill, internet bill, um, anything from like any sort of service provider, always negotiate. Always say, hey, I've been a customer for X number of months. Maybe even go get a quote from a competitor. Say, you know, this is what your competitor is offering me. What can you do for me? Same with your credit card interest rate. Um, basically anything where you can talk to a human, you can negotiate. Um, Airbnbs are another big, a big one people forget about. So if there are multiple options for whatever, you know, trip you're taking and they're all kind of similar, reach out to them and tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about booking this similar property. The cost is similar to yours. You know, can you bring yours down? Um, it takes a little extra work and you have to decide what's important to you. Sometimes you might rather spend $200 more than have to talk to someone. I completely understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's, there's like a lot of, a lot of things that you can negotiate medical bills, car repairs, um, just not really taking that initial price as the first, as the final offer, having a little open, opening your mind to the fact that maybe some of these things aren't as set in stone as you thought they were. Yeah. Yeah, and if you and if you can think of it as like, okay, if I just like spend this a little bit of extra time and energy, I could go to this many more mm-hmm. shows, <laughs> right? right? Then that, yeah, that has exactly. like a motivation behind it that makes it worth it. 
Totally. Yeah, exactly. Like when you start to see $80 as a concert ticket with this incredible amount of value attached to it, it starts to become a lot more meaningful and any dollar you can save becomes that much more valuable to your life. And like, I don't preach becoming like a psycho cheapskate person. I don't, because I think that's stressful, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. if there's, you know, if you run into an opportunity here and there where something flips in your brain and you say, okay, I, I could save a little bit on this. Try, you know, the worst, the worst thing that happens is someone says no, or maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't find the deal, but it's always worth a quick hunt. Yeah. I mean, back in the day when I used to not be able to afford to go to festivals and shows, I volunteered a lot too. And that was a way that I was able to go. Totally. Yep. You've been mentioning your clients and your 12-week program. So tell our listeners a little bit about if they've liked what they've heard and they want to work with you. Like what's What's the best way to do that? Yeah. So follow me on the Instagram at Money Grooves. And I post all sorts of, you know, inspirational money mindset things, lots of tips and tricks, and, you know, just ways to start feeling more confident about your money and give you really small steps that you can take forward because money feels so overwhelming and intimidating. And you know, often embarrassing when you feel like you're behind your friends and you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be. And I promise you, you're fine. (laughs) When I, once I started this business, so many people started whispering in my ear, all of their challenges and everyone's going through the Mm -hmm. same thing, but nobody's talking about it. So I really Mm want to help, especially like our community, start talking about it more and start supporting each other. Um, so right now I work with clients one-on-one it's a 12 week program, uh, that basically takes you from, oh my gosh, I'm terrified to look at my bank account. I'm avoiding my money. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And I feel like I have nowhere to turn to by the end of the 12 weeks, feeling like I'm confident with money. Like I have a plan. I know exactly what money is for. I know how I'll pay off my debt when I'll pay off my debt or if debt's not even your thing, like how to build my emergency fund, how to plan for longer term financial goals, how to start investing, because that's another really overwhelming area that really isn't that hard if you just learn a few basic things. Um, And by the end, they're feeling like very confident and they know what to do with their money, not for just now, but for the long term. So I work with clients one-on-one and I'm going to be launching a super exciting program um, in September, kind of mid, like I got to get myself through Dick. So it'd be like after Dick. So mid-September, it's going to be called Shake Your Moneymaker. And it's a a core, it's a program plus a community. And so you'll be going through the program with other like-minded people that are going through similar challenges as you. Um, and there'll be an online community associated with it. And there'll also be, you know, the same content that I have in my one-on-one program. And so I'm like, I'm just so excited for that because a big thing I hear from my one-on-one clients is that they feel so alone and they all, and now I've like, I've introduced a lot of my clients to each other because they're all very like-minded people. And that's been really cool, but I'm excited to build a bigger community out of this so that, you know, we can all support each other and feel like this is possible and doable because it absolutely is. It just takes a little bit of, you know, it's hard to do. It's hard to do something like this on your own because the money space is just so, like I said, intimidating and overwhelming. And so I'm excited to like create something where we can all support each other so we can all go to more shows together. That's really the goal. (laughs) Yeah. So follow me at money grooves and you'll see when I'm, when I'm launching that and uh, I still have a few private slots open as well. So feel free to DM me if you're interested. Awesome. Yeah. Is there any last words of wisdom that you want to share with our listeners? Although I feel like you did a really good job. So I don't know if there's (laughs) anything more that you have to share or not. Um, well, you know, I think, I think the biggest like mind there's, there's two things. One is a mindset shift of moving away from like, I'm bad at money. I suck at money. I don't want to deal with it 
to I'm learning about money. So even following my Instagram account and follow other personal finance accounts, like start to just show yourself that like, I'm learning about money. I don't suck at money. I am learning about money. And the other thing is, I don't know if you have to believe this, but I always like my big motto, and my fr- I've been telling this to my friends for years, is like, your money is for cool shit. And so anytime you're spending a dollar, think to yourself, is this the coolest shit I could spend my money on right now? <laughs> and if the answer is not really, then don't spend it on that thing. <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but just that one little mindset shift, like my money is for cool shit. Is this the coolest shit? Can help you start to shift your money towards the things you value more and slightly away from the things that you value less. So hopefully that is helpful. Yeah, that's really helpful. I love it. Because it, it's, again, it's intentional. So you're not just like... Right. Buying stuff for the sake of buying stuff. You're like, is this cool? Will this add value to my life? Is this like helping to keep the power on in my house? Like that's all like important things, but maybe there's other things that's not so cool. Right. Like a medical bill is very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like your health, you know, like your health is cool. They may not electricity is very cool. Your internet bill Mm. is very cool. Um, but yeah, there, but I think there's also a lot of things that maybe aren't as cool and you'll start to start to become more aware and notice them because it feels empowering when you start to feel like you have control over your finances and like physical health, mental health, financial health, like they all work Mm -hmm. together and financial health often gets left out of the conversation. So I want it to get back in and so that those three things can work together so that you can live the best life possible. Yeah. Wonderful. Woohoo. Hey. Yay. Thanks so much, Berkeley. Thanks for having been me. Great. This has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. And everybody, we will be right back. And we are back. That was so informative. I feel like I have a whole new perspective on my finances just from that interview. I know, me too. I feel like inspired and motivated and like empowered and also validated in like the amount of money I spend on live music. I feel like, I mean, I always know it's worth it, but to hear from a financial person, I don't know why (laughs) that feels different, but it did. Yeah, it's helpful to just be reminded (laughs) of how we should prioritize these experiences and also how to do it in a financially conscious way. I think that that's really cool because I would imagine that almost everybody has been in an experience of being in debt because of having fun going to see shows. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if that is you out there, you can still go to see shows while you are paying off your debt. I think that that's like the total silver lining here in this whole thing. Yeah. And I thought it was really fun of like thinking of ways of how to get creative, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you are going to go see music during this and also like how you're thinking of a whole year and not just like in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you're planning for the thing. So nothing is a surprise. Like mm-hmm. that felt, I never really like thought of it that way. So that was really a good way to do that. So yeah, so you don't get caught off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like then being creative. So if you're going to go to all of show, all of summer tour, then mm-hmm. maybe in the fall and winter, like what can you do to save money there to make up for yeah. it? And I really liked the like, it's not all black and white and just getting creative with it. So you can do all the things that you want to do. And then you might mm-hmm. need to give up some things that you need to do, but you also may be mindlessly spending. And then if you are, then mm-hmm. how can you stop doing that? So you could be more conscious with it. Yeah. I loved her tip about like kind of renegotiating every six months with different bills that you have. I definitely don't do that. And I think that that's a great idea because companies are constantly running deals and discounts. And, you know, I'm the type of person that like signs up for a service and just pays for years and years and like never really thinks about how I can save some money with that. It's just like, for me, it's just 
a bill that I pay and that's my bill. But yeah, I like being able to feel like I can get a better deal on that, especially as a long-term customer. Yeah, I never even considered that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was, I was like, whoa, you can do that? Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also like, you know, getting creative, like she was talking about her friend or her client that does Rover or like while you are traveling to all these shows, could you put your house on Airbnb or something like that? That's what we do. (laughs) I know you do that. And I love that. You know, it's really because that's I like how because when I'm talking to my patients about stress and finances, definitely a stress. It's like there's two things that you can think of. You can either bring more money in or you can take, you know, make less money going out. And so it's not just about like, how can you save more or spend less, but also how can you bring more money in that you might not have thought about? Like (laughs) my son, this probably isn't the best example because this was not done in a, well, whatever. People sell stuff on lot all the time without a, without a permit, but they were at a music festival and, um, my friend's son Noah had brought these stickers. And so him and my son Elliot sold the stickers for a dollar and they made like hundreds of dollars at this festival. And they were such great entrepreneurs. They're like, I mean, it was really Noah was brains. Elliot just has a good personality and he was helpful. Um, but Noah like knew how many people were going to be at the festival. And he was like, well, if I can get this percentage of them, then I can make this much money selling them for a dollar. You know, and so like, what can you bring with you if you want to make some extra money that way? Or can you rent your house while you're gone? Or, you know, like, yeah, what can I just you do? sold like a whole bunch of my old clothes at a market a couple of weeks ago and I made $300. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So and, you know, I know everybody has a different relationship with money. Like for some people, it might just be easier not because actually during the interview, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder how much Ber- time Berkeley spends thinking about money. <laughs> and, you know, I know this is her career, so it's probably a lot more than the average person, but it seems like she spends a lot of time thinking about money. And I know that that's not for everybody, um, especially yeah. if it's not your career. Yeah, that's why you would hire her. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. For sure. But also like how, you know, if if you want to improve your relationship with money, then maybe you sh- should spend some more time thinking about it. It's just like any kind of lover, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you want a better relationship with them, then you should probably think about them sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's how you're going to be intentional. Like you have to think about it. Otherwise, you're just going to be mindlessly spending and getting mm-hmm. yourself into more and more debt. That's right. So you have to think about it. If you want it to change, you have to think about it. There's no way around that. That's right. Without awareness, there is no choice. Yes. And so we're actually going to switch things up today and we're going to do the did you no the (laughs) daily jam first. (laughs) And so. Daily jam. Okay, so Berkeley was saying that it's really important to have a mantra so you can start to change your mindset on money. And the mantra that she said, instead of being like, I am so bad about money, I hate money, yada, 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 that you say, I am learning about money. And so I want you to put that into practice. Whenever you catch yourself saying a negative thing about how you are with money, switch it into a positive one. So maybe instead of I hate money, be like, I'm learning how to be cool with money (laughs) or Mm -hmm. the I don't know anything about money. I am learning about money. So just having that little shift of changing it so you can shift your relationship with money so it can be a positive one and then you can see even more shows (laughs) and get even more merch and do even more things that you want to do with your money because you're learning about it and you're cool with it and you're grateful for it. Yes. I love that. That's so great. And I am going to tell you about why that's going to be helpful for the... Did you know? So this really actually comes down to cognitive behavioral concepts. and. What it is, is that what you think about is going to influence how you feel 
is going to influence how you behave. So let's take both of those examples through that scenario. So let's say you're a person who feels like you're terrible at money. Okay. So if that's the thought that's going through your head, I'm terrible at money, how is that going to make you feel? It's going to make you feel sad, disappointed. It's going to make you feel probably helpless because if you're terrible at money, then there's nothing you can do about that, right? Hopeless. So it's going to create these like emotions that are going to drag you down, that are going to keep you down. And your behavior is also going to fall in line with that. So if you feel like you're terrible at money, then you're not going to spend time thinking about how you can be better at money because you're just going to take that. It's like this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So you think you're terrible at money, therefore you never save, therefore you're always in debt, therefore you are terrible at money, right? That's, that's how it goes. But if you do what Berkeley suggested and Tara Lee just gave you in the Daily Jam, and every time you think, I'm terrible at money, you catch yourself, which of course it takes some awareness and you're, you may miss it a time or two or three or four, and that's okay. But you intend to really change that mindset. And instead of saying, I'm terrible at money, you say, I'm learning about money. Think about how that is going to make you feel. It's going to make you feel empowered. It's going to make you feel hopeful. It's going to make you feel more confident, right? And therefore, your behaviors are going to follow along with that. So instead of feeling like you can't do anything to get yourself out of debt because you're always just going to be terrible at money, you're going to actually start putting forth the time and the energy and the effort to do something about it because you're learning about money. And as you learn about money, you're going to pay more attention to your habits and your just kind of every day how you deal with money, right? And you you can choose to do things differently. It's like opening up your mind, opening up the possibility that there can be a different way, that you don't always have to be terrible at money. Maybe you remind yourself that nobody taught you about money as you were growing up. And of course you're terrible at money because nobody taught you. But now that somebody is teaching you, now that you are learning, whether you're just learning from this podcast or you decide to work with Berkeley individually or in her group that's coming up, you're learning about money. And so that means that you get to choose to do things differently. Yes, I love it. That is like, I mean, I know this because I do these things, but I like, again, I love this podcast because I learn exactly why that is. And it, that is so practical and makes so much sense. Yeah. That's I love like, that you yeah. love this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I love this podcast. It's the best podcast in the world. <laughs> but I, I love that you said that genuinely, too. <laughs> yes. Well, there's also other people that love this podcast. I know. Let's talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so you know how excited we get when we get new reviews. So if you want to leave us a new review, you can do so on Apple Pod. It really helps us um, because they put this podcast in front of more people on Discover pages. If you leave us podcasts and leave us leave us podcasts, leave <laughs> us reviews and um Leave us the amount of stars that you want. We like five the most, but it's however <laughs> yes, you're <please>. feeling. <laughs> um, and so we got a new review from Nick DVT. And this person said, I love listening to this pod. Leah and Tara Lee are seekers seeking the answers to the cosmic truths of the whys and hows of live music. For those of us completely obsessed with the feeling that live music invokes within us, groove therapy scratches that itch. Thank you, and keep up the great healing work y'all are doing. See you at a show soon. Oh, that's like definitely making me happy dance. Thank you so much, Nick. Yes, I know. I can feel the good chemicals releasing in my body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, Hope Lucy says, love this show. There's no denying the incredible effects of live music on my life. Leah and Tara Lee not only agree, but they also go on to help explain how and why this happens. They have interviewed some great musicians, and I can't wait to hear more. Yay! Yay! Thank Thanks, you! Hope Lucy! Thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear more, too. 
Yeah. So, Tara Lee, let's do our happy dance. Yes. Happy dance. Okay. Happy dance. <laughs> you guys listening will just have to imagine. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, you can go to Instagram and follow us there, and I will share the happy dance there. And our Instagram is Groove Therapy Podcast. Yes. So thank you, Hope Lucy. Thank you, Nick DVT. And thank you for listening right now. We love you so much. Yes, you are the bestest in the world. And we're so grateful. Otherwise, we'd be just be talking to ourselves into the radio waves. Yeah. So not fun. <laughs> yeah. So we're happy that you're on the other side listening to us. We are. And we also are grateful for Berkeley for coming on and sharing her knowledge with us and with you. And for Osiris Pod for giving us this platform to have this podcast. Yay. Thank you, Osiris. We love you. And we love every one of you listeners. And we'll be seeing you in a bit. Right? Yes. Yes. We are actually, we're going to take a little break after this episode. This is our 49th episode, which actually is 50 if you count the trailer. So woohoo. Another happy yeah. dance. Yeah. And just like we did last year, we're going to take a month off. So that'll be two we well two episodes. Um, we're going to be back in a month, and we are going to be back with a very very special guest for our fiftieth anniversary episode. I am not going to tell you who it is, but I feel like we're going to do some teasers um, to kind of get you excited about it, and maybe give you guys an opportunity to try and guess who you think it might be. Oh, yeah. They're in for a treat. This person is like a really inspiring person. Absolutely. That you makes, guys are gonna makes live it. music happen. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to love it so much. So yes. we'll be back in August with new episodes. We love you. Have an amazing summer tour and summer or whenever you're listening to this. Rock on with your bad self. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we hope to see you out there. Yes. We love you. That too. Bye, everybody. Bye.